Our scripture lesson today comes from two passages, one in Ephesians 4 and the other in 1 Peter 2. Paul said, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility, with all gentleness, and with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace has given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And Peter said, remember, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, kind of on the downside of the creed, but also at one of those very sticky parts of the Apostles' Creed, one that has often causes people uh, a lot of confusion and uh, a lot of problems, quite frankly. It's, uh, one, again, one of those messages that can be a difficult message, a tough message. Um, but we preach the whole gospel, the whole uh, book of Scripture, and so this is one that is a challenge, and it should be. So what does it mean when you say, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church? Now, it's at this point in the Apostles' Creed, as I said, that a lot of people begin to hedge a little bit. They struggle with the idea of what exactly it means to trust and commit oneself to a human institution. And the reason they struggle is because they fail to understand what the church is or what the church is supposed to be. Now, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, and it has nothing to do with a building. It has everything to do with the people coming together, an assembly of people. In the Bible, the church is never a building. The church is a holy people. You are a holy people. Now, to be a holy people refers to our origin and our function not simply to our morality, because the church has always been and always will be a society of forgiven sinners. You see, it is God who created, it is God who created, and it is God who sustains the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are part of a supernatural entity, not a natural entity. You are part of God's church. Now, the word Catholic simply means universal. Christ's church is one universal church which we and all faithful members throughout the centuries are part of. That's what it meant by the phrase when it says the communion of saints. Now, the word saint comes from the Greek word hagias, which means holy. And holy here refers to all whom God has called you and set you apart to be his witnesses in the world. The church is to be a separated people who are in the world but not of the world. 
You are to be missionaries to the world. You are to be the prophetic and priestly people that God has called you to be. You are to be God's word and God's intercessions that reveal God's reconciling love to a fallen world. That is why you're here. That is why you exist. And just as God took flesh in Jesus Christ on earth, and so today, through the Holy Spirit, my friends, God has chosen to take flesh in you, the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, lives in each and every one of you who has ever confessed Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and has surrendered their life to him. The church is holy because anything that belongs to God is holy because of its association with God. We're holy because we belong to God by virtue of our redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. The church is apostolic because it seeks to live and maintain the apostles' teaching clearly based on God's infallible and inerrant written word. Now, the world is still very much alienated from God, not only nation from nation and neighbor from neighbor, but quite frankly and unfortunately, even church from church and Christian from Christian. So where is this holy Catholic church's communion of saints? Not to be offensive, not to be offensive, but the communion of saints includes that hypocrite across the aisle, the sinner beside you, the pompous friend in front of you, that weak-kneed whiner in the pew with you, and thank God you're not like that. <laughs> that God has chosen such a motley crew as us to be his witnesses in the world is not out of character for God. If you take the time to seriously read the Bible, all through the Bible, you'll find that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, on down the line through David, into the New Testament, with Peter and with Paul, with all the disciples, they were all deeply flawed, every single one of them, just as we are all deeply flawed. But the reality is, if we will let God, if we will honestly and sincerely surrender our hearts to God, God will be able and desires to use each and every one of us as powerfully as he used each and every one of them. No matter what the church has been over the last 20 centuries. And my friends, it has been very good and it has been horribly bad. But we're still here. Even though the world has continually predicted its demise and at very times in history has tried to bring about that demise, the church is still here. Despite appearances, God is present in and through his church, despite all of our weaknesses and all of our failures. And it is through the church, in the church, and by the church only that the gospel comes to the world. 
The church should more and more become two things. If we want to be the church that God has called us to be, there needs to be two things that happen. A community of love and a beacon of truth, people who stand and are faithful to God's word. If we join faithfully together those two things in our congregational life, if we become a people who truly love one another, if we are a people who the world looks and says, those people know how to love, and we combine that with the truth of the gospel, you can't separate love and truth, but if we will do that, if we will be that congregation, I believe that God's hand of blessing will be upon us like we have never experienced before. And I also believe more and more people will want to become part of us because everybody in this world desires one thing, to know people truly care and love them and are truthful. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints, and by golly, if I didn't, I wouldn't be standing here today. And I pray that you also believe that true. Because being part of the church isn't an option for those who truly believe in Jesus Christ. There is no such thing, my friends, as a lone ranger Christian. Jesus is the head of the church, and we are his body. A body can't function without the head, and the head is going to be where the body is. We need to be together. To believe in Jesus is to become an active part of his body. And if we don't become an active part of his body, then we don't believe what we continually confess. There can be no fellowship of faith unless the fellows actually show up and faithfully serve. The church is a supernatural society of God's redeemed and baptized people looking back to Christ's first coming with great joy and looking forward to gratitude at his second coming with hope. Colossians 3 says, Your life, who you are, is hidden with Christ in God. Right now, your life is hidden in Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears again, then also you will appear with him in glory. Presently, all churches are prone to err in both faith and morals, and all churches are in constant need of correction and reformation by the Holy Spirit through God's word. I want to tell you something. Don't ever believe the lie that the church is dying. God's church can't die. God is still powerfully moving wherever his people are faithfully serving. In 1900, 80% of all Christians, 80% of all Christians lived in North America and Europe. By 2000, 60% of all Christians lived in South America, Africa, and Asia. By 2050, non-Latino whites will make up only 20% of the Christian church worldwide. 
There are four times more Presbyterians in Korea than there are in the United States. There are more than four times more Presbyterians in a single presbytery in Kenya, Africa, than there are in the United States. There are more Anglicans in Africa than there are in Great Britain. In Scotland, home of Presbyterianism, only 10% of church members go to church on any given Sunday, while in the Philippines, 70% of all church members go to church every week. And those churches are blossoming, and people are on fire for the Lord. Thus, the true church is the worldwide body of true believers in Jesus Christ, whose faith is based on Scripture, and who are willing to be God's faithful witnesses wherever we are. It is a people who flow against the tide of society because the tide of society is flowing in the wrong direction. It is flowing into a pit of destruction. And any church that aligns itself with society's values is going down the same tube. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. Ever hear people say, I believe in God, but I don't care much for the church. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, so I don't need the church. I can worship God on the golf course or on the lake. I don't need to go to church. I believe in God in my own way. I don't need to have the church teach me or tell me about God. Now, the truth is the church is often divided and weak and sometimes even fall prey to false doctrine. But my friends, I guarantee you, the church, it will prevail. Pastors come and go, and I'll tell you, our leaders and members often fail and disappoint us in horrendous ways. Look at the church today. But the church it will prevail. Inside every church, you will find difficult people, contentious people, mean-spirited people, greedy people, unreasonable people, unkind people, thoughtless people, critical people, and angry people. But make no mistake about it. The church will prevail. Sometimes you might feel when you go to the church, the church is dull and boring, and many of our churches sit more than half full empty. But make no mistake about it, the church will prevail. Why? Because Jesus Christ said in Matthew 16, 18, while standing in Caesarea Philippi, looking at all of the false gods that had been set up along in front of him, and he said, I will build my church. I will build my church, and not even the gates of hell will ever come against it. This is the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I guarantee you this, the word of Jesus Christ will never, ever be broken. The only question is, do you believe Jesus' words? And are you being faithful to those words? Amen.